You're listening to the New Song Students Podcast. I'm Jackson, and I'm the student pastor at New Song Church, located in Oklahoma City. We hope this message builds your faith and helps you to know God better in a greater way today. Enjoy the message. All right, okay, so like I said, we're doing something really special tonight. We are doing a testimony night, and I love testimony. Yes, you can make some noise for that. I... I love, I love these nights. Um, we've done probably two or three testimony nights so far, and every time um, there's so much fruit from it because some, there's something different about, obviously, we need the preaching of the word of God. We need to be fed. But there's something special about hearing somebody else's encounter with Jesus or somebody else being used by him, and it builds our faith, right? In fact, before, before service tonight, we were praying in pre-service prayer, and we talked about, the Samaritan woman at the well. Do you remember that story? Well, in that story, she leaves that encounter with Jesus. She goes and tells all of Samaria and her testimony leads her whole city to being saved and coming to their own faith. And so, man, testimonies are important. You need to be sharing your story, right? So that's what we're gonna do tonight. We've got an amazing crew of ladies, all ladies tonight. Um, but they, while you guys were chilling on um, your spring break, not trying to throw shade at you, but they were on a mission trip and um, they were serving over in Cincinnati, Ohio. They were partnering with Queen City Church and Brian Cromer, I've talked about him like multiple times in a message because he's a stud. And we are going to hear from them personal stories of what God did on that trip how God used them as students, because you know there's no junior Holy Spirit. And so I'm just praying that tonight you smile. I'm telling you, I can't be around these people and not smile. These ladies are amazing. They make me so happy, but I think you're gonna smile. I think you're gonna be encouraged. I think your faith is gonna be built tonight. And so can you guys help me give a super warm welcome to the ladies of the Cincinnati Mission Trip. What's up? What's up? You got your mic? Yes, I have my mic. Let's go. Okay, guys. You feeling good? I'm feeling great. See, they're so bubbly. I'm excited. I'm just so happy. All right. So, um, hey, before we get into, I've got some questions that you guys already have some really awesome answers to, which I haven't heard any of these yet. I'm going to hear these for the first time, just like you guys. But I figured it'd be cool if we went down and everybody really quickly said your name and your favorite cereal, because that tells us a lot about who you are as a person, your favorite cereal. So real quick, we'll just shotgun this, and then we'll go into the questions. Okay, so my name is Tegan, and my favorite cereal is Fruit Loops. Any Fruit Loops peeps? Any Fruit Loops peeps? I'm Annalisa, and my favorite cereal is Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Real quick, real quick, uh, God, just everyone stand up. <laughs> everyone, everyone, all of you stand up. Justin, stand up. Nate, stand up. Okay, you know that thing that's like, we will rock you. You know that thing? Okay, everyone, do that thing where you go. Jesus was a cool dude, boy, Let's go. I told you, guys, it's impossible to not smile at these people. My name is Ella, and 
my favorite cereal is cinnamon, cinnamon, what, no, 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 no. Cinnamon, cinnamon. Captain Crunch berries. With the berries. That was weird. Okay. <laughs> um, hi, guys. I'm Sienna, and my favorite cereal is Reese's Peanut Butter Puffs. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> my name's Olivia, and I love Cinnamon Life. That is, like, my favorite. Thank you. Alright. You can keep the mic, Olivia. Or never mind. Cinnamon Life is a very underrated cereal. Very underrated. Okay. Thank you guys for that very deep answer on your favorite cereal. Now, we're going to get into the nitty-gritty of the trip. First off, I heard so many good things from this trip. I got to FaceTime you guys a couple times, and both times you guys were freaking out about how awesome <laughs> it was and what God was doing. And so um, let's start with, um, and we don't have a certain time limit, but just be aware. I know you ladies like, like to talk, okay? So I, I'm not going to shush you, but... Just be aware. Don't go too long. But let's start with this. Like, give, give me a highlight of the trip. Overall highlight of I the guess. trip. I have a really, really awesome highlight. <laughs> they know what my highlight is. So let me just set the scene for y'all. We were, <laughs> sorry, let me try to get through this without laughing. Um, we were in the bus, okay? The van. The van, <laughs> my bad. And we were just laughing, having a great time. I was with Casey and Annalisa. Olivia, right? <laughs> They made me laugh so hard. I peed in my pants, okay? <laughs> so, right? So I'm just like sitting here on the bus. I peed in my pants a little, and I'm like, guys, guys, I peed in my pants. And they're like, that's hilarious, Tegan. Great figure speech, right? And I was like, guys, I literally peed in my pants. And they started making me laugh more, and more came out. <laughs> Thank you for that. So, Thank you for that. Yeah, that was my highlight. <laughs> Thank you. Very great. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm glad we're still peeing our pants. <laughs> it's become like an ongoing joke now. Um, so my highlight, I was on a prayer walk with Nate and Halen. If you don't know them, meet them because they're awesome. But basically, um, I was the only one that kind of grew up like in the hood. And so we were in Cincinnati, right? And we were walking past this group of people. And Nate sees this dog and he's like, oh, like, I want to pet the dog. And he's like going to go up to it. And um, Halen was like, is is that a gang? And I was like, that's a gang. Like, let's not go up to them. And then later we were praying with this guy um, that was homeless and Nate was just like staring at this gang as they're walking by and he's just like, and I was like, Nate, that's how you get shot. So I don't know. That was pretty funny. That was my highlight. So on the Ark Encounter, we got to go on a zip line, which I cried the first time. And then I did it and it was like very fun. But Tegan... There was a guy named Ken and a guy named John. And she asked John to be her best friend. And then when I was up there, he was like, okay, this was Ken, a different guy. And he was like, okay, you should be good. And I said, should. And then I was like, can you say will? And he was like, you will be okay. And then after that, when we were leaving, I was like, be a disciple of Jesus or die. <laughs> I was, a, well, okay, we had like a kind of sarcastic conversation so it wasn't like mean but it was very funny and Nate heard one of them go that was hurtful <laughs> so that's my highlight there you go um okay so mine was also on a prayer walk uh Ava <laughs> I love you <laughs> she was um we were praying over the city and she saw some kids in the distance so she began to <laughs> oh <laughs> never mind she didn't see them 
But there were some kids, so she began to pray over this kid, and she was just praying out loud. She was saying, Jesus, I just pray your blood over these children, God. I just pray your blood over these children. At the same time that a couple walked by with some kids, and they gave her the worst look and just, like, hurried their kids along the street. They are like, come on, we're getting away from her. That was pretty funny. <laughs> Love you. Um, mine was, um, so I was in a room with... Sienna, and then kind of Tegan and Ella, and then Pastor Maddie, and we realized one night that Pastor Maddie missed her calling as a yoga instructor, because she decided to lead us all through a yoga routine that we were all terrible at, except for Maddie, so that was my highlight. That's awesome. Sounds like it was a fun trip. It was so fun. Saw the ark, peed our pants, did it all. Okay, so I want to get into... um, what God did. Now, sometimes when you, I've been on a couple mission trips, um, and sometimes I was talking with Nate about this mission trips, sometimes they just go differently than you expect. Yeah. And you have to really have eyes to see like what God is doing, or you can miss it. Um, so I want to know, like, where did you see God in this trip specifically? Okay. So like I saw God like everywhere in the city. Um, so I went to New Orleans and Mexico, and I went to the day trip in Dallas. So I've never had a really, like, a love for the city like I did. Like, in Cincinnati, I had, like, this love, like, this deep, burning love, like, for the city. And, like, this, um, just, like, this brokenness of the people, but, like, also such, like, a beauty. And, like, the murals and the art were one of my favorite things. Like, these, like, murals were so beautiful. And... So we went to the, like, Queen City Church. That's the church we partnered with. And it was just, like, amazing how, like, we just kind of, like, it's one body of Christ. There's, like, different churches, but it's one body of Christ. And so, like, we just walked in this church, and we were just, like, we were part of the family. Like, it was just, like, it was like that. We were, like, in, and you know what I mean? It was just, like, we served with these people. Like, we've known them our whole lives. And so we got to go to the church um, on Sunday, and they actually have the youth service on Sunday night. And Ella was begging Pastor Ashley to go because we weren't going to go because they have, like, 10 kids that go to this youth. So it's more like a small group type thing. And so we ended up going, um, just us and Pastor Maddie, not the whole team because that would have been very overwhelming. But just, like, we were so, like, excited and, like, prepared to, like, rock their world and, like, be, like, just walking, like, fire for Jesus, and I could just see these youth students, like, pursuing after Jesus, like, with so much, like, um, fire, and so while, like, the youth pastor, I guess they call them directors, um, was Jared, and he was, he was so amazing, while he was, like, it was, like, more like how we started as a church, um, and he was just, like, talking, he was giving us, like, the message thing, and, like, in the middle of that, I just had, like, this feeling, um, that God was going to do, like, revival is here. Like, just, like, that's what I heard. Revival is here. Like, we're always talking about this revival. It's coming, this revival. Like, it's coming. No, it's here. And so that's what I um, heard while we were worshiping in the church. Um, We sung the Dove song, actually, and it was just, like, revival is here. And so we went to small groups, and I just saw, like, um, I was with Sienna and two other girls from the church and a leader, and it was just, like, it was so cool how we got to, like, 
me and Sienna come from different churches, but I could see these two girls, like they had such a fire and a love for Jesus. And so we really got to like, we got to minister to each other. And one of the girls was just like crying. And she's like, I don't, like, I don't, I want to trust God. Like I want to trust people. And so we got to like pray over her and like talk to her. And I just felt like the Holy Spirit was telling me that this girl is going to be a really, really big part of the youth in the future. So I got to, like, encourage her with that. And then I went up to Jared, and I was like, hey, I have a word from God. And he's like, hit me with it. And I was like, I have a feeling um, that this youth is going to be very, very impactful in the city. And he was like, wow. And I was like, like, I've heard you talk about how hard it was for you to, like, step out in that faith. And I was like, I know it's hard. And he, like, his eyes started watering up. He's like, you have no idea. And I was just like, like, this youth ministry, like, it took us four years to get to the place that we're at. And we have students that are on fire for God. And so I was just, like, got to encourage him in that way. And afterwards, he's like, bring Tegan back. (laughs) You're like, we'll get her, like, a a host home and stuff. But it was just, like, super funny. But that night when I was going to bed, um, God really, like, what he does is he keeps me up if he has something to say to me. And I was like, all right, what do you have to tell me? And he's like, I feel like you're called to Cincinnati to come back in the future. And obviously that's like, it's a prophecy and it has to be tested and it could not happen. But like, it's just like so cool. And then I told Ella that morning and she was like, yeah, I felt like that too. Like I felt like you and us going, like us, me and Ella going back into the city. And so it was just like the things that God did in the youth ministry and in the church, like the church is absolutely amazing. I have such a love for like the city and what like the church is doing for the city. So that's where I saw God. Love that. I will be, uh, I'll be praying that God does not call you guys out of here. So sorry about that. We're going to keep you here. Okay. So where I saw God, I mean, like Tegan said, like literally everywhere in, in everything. But one of the big things that stuck out to me was our plane got delayed, sort of. We missed it, and then, like, our bags didn't get put on it, and then there was a tornado watch and a flash flood, and so it was just, like, a lot, and we ended up not being able to get on our plane, so we were stuck in the airport for five hours, and towards, like, the, well, really the whole time, there was a little bit of stress that started happening, um, especially among, like, adults, and so all of the students were, like, let's just go pray about this. <laughs> so we huddled up and we prayed for it. And we just knew that like there's a reason because obviously like we've trusted God this far. There's a reason that we're still here at the airport. And so we finally like got out of the main airport and into like the little, whatever that's called, the luggage area. And um, I was like, guys, I think we should worship. And so all of the students went and <laughs> just turned on worship music and started worshiping in the airport, in front of all these people. Let's um, go. I didn't hear so that. That's amazing. That was, that was cool. But the coolest part is we looked up, and there's this guy standing in front of us. And we were like, hey. And he was like, hey. He was like, this is so cool. Like, are you guys Christians? And we were like, yeah. And he was like, this is, like, amazing that you guys are so bold and just, like, out there with your faith. And um, we were like, yeah. And so we started to talk to him. His name was Lee. And... Um, we asked him if we could pray for him. And he's like, yeah, can you record this? <laughs> he was like, I want to show the youth at my church. And so, yeah, we just started talking. He was telling us about, like, have you seen, like, the Asbury revival? And it was just cool to, like, connect with another Christian and pray for him. And so, I don't know, like, wherever you are, like, God has you there for a reason. And so that's something he's really taught me, especially on this trip, is, like, it doesn't matter where you are or if you get delayed. Like, it's not a delay. It's God's timing. And so 
yeah, I have to say that that's probably one of the biggest places I saw God. Come on, preach it. Um, kind of like piggybacking off of that, I also think, so me and Tegan, kind of like all of us actually, kind of lit a fire in Pastor Jared's heart, and then also just lighting a fire in Lee's heart, and like, all of, like, this church is not just like any other random church, like, we are all on fire for God, and that, like, a lot of people noticed that, and they were all like, like, what are you, who are you? <laughs> like, what are you doing? And they all just were so, like, amazed by it, and I never really realized how on fire we were for God, and I was like, wow. But another thing that I saw God in was just the people, like, I literally did not want to leave the city, and if you've ever, like, had a stranger, like, talk to a stranger, you have, like, a fake love for them, because we're all called to love people, but, like, I literally love them so much, like, I've never loved strangers like I love them, and um, when we were talking to, so me, Pastor Maddie, and Mitch, Mitch is, if we talk about Mitch, he's the coolest, funniest, most amazing guy, he was, like, our host, basically, and he didn't even get paid for this, he just came out, and he was, like, okay, we're gonna go walk two miles, we walked, like, five miles, and (laughs) he was just amazing, and then we came to this park, and he was, like, okay, now you're gonna evangelize, and we're, like, what? <laughs> but he was amazing. I literally, oh, I just love him. But um, so when we were evangelizing, we came across like these three guys and a girl, two guys and a girl. And we started talking to them and they were so curious about, like they were kind of arguing about like what's the truth and stuff. And then they got to one thing or another. And I go, well, there's only one truth. Like I just had to spit that out. I was like, guys, guys, guys. And then um, we got to praying for them and they were like praying about stuff. And then they were just saying like, that they didn't know what the truth was. And so I was like, Pastor Maddie, go go tell them what it is. So she kind of explained it to them. And they were like, okay. And then that one guy, he walked away before we got to pray for him. But then we prayed for him. And it just was so cool to see, like, multiple people we interacted with. They didn't know the truth, but they were definitely, like, curious for it. And curious for, like, what is this God? And, like, who, who should I be living for? Like, should I be living for drugs or should I be living for God? And, like, they really did not know the answer to that. And it was so amazing to, like come up to them and be like, okay, this is what you need to be living for. And another thing is we got to pray for, um, so the same group, we went to this bus stop and there was a guy standing there. His name was Frank and he was just sitting there. We were talking to him and he said something about how Cincinnati has like changed a lot. And I was like, like we wanted to go deeper, but he was waiting for his bus stop to come or his bus to come. And then we were like, okay, is there anything we can pray for you about? And he goes, um, just for my bus to come. I've been waiting for it for a long time. And right as we said, it literally came like speeding by. And I was like, Okay, well, bye. <laughs> it was just so, like, amazing. And I've also seen God in, like, the team. Because, like, we all, we all love each other, like, here. But when you're with people for a week, I literally thought I was going to kill Tegan. And I didn't. And I was, like, very shocked by that. Because, like, the Holy Spirit just led our attitudes, like, physically and mentally. We were all struggling. But the Holy Spirit was just working. And it was amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, like pretty much all of what they said, there was not like a single moment where you didn't see God because the Holy Spirit was with us. So like everywhere we went, it was a God moment. But um, one that was a really sweet moment to me was we were, it was Monday night. We were um, late into the city. We were walking, looking for people to give burgers to and to pray over. And um, we walked for a long time, didn't really see anybody. And then we came up to um, a trap house and <laughs> I did not know what this was until Justin explained it to us, but um, I, I, okay. a trap house, if you don't know, is like um, a house where a lot, of, there's a lot of prostitution there, there's a lot of like 
Not prostitution in the sense that they want to do it, but as in they have to. So it's, so it's like survival sex. It's like um, drugs are made there. Drugs are sold there. It's just really, really bad. And also, Justin noticed that the guy, like, standing outside, like, there was a bunch of people, but he was talking about murder. So I was like, I didn't even notice that. And me and Kaylee were just thinking about sunshine and rainbows. We weren't thinking about that. So, yeah. Yeah, Kaylee went straight up to them, and she was like, hi, guys. <laughs> um, but there was a mom walking out, and she was, like, smoking cigarettes. She had four little kids behind her, probably, like, seven, four, three, four and then, like, four-month-old baby, newborn, newborn baby. And so some of the adults began to talk to the mom. She was, like, really eager, um, went into conversation with them. And I noticed the little girl standing with her backpack. And so I just went and kneeled down to her. And I was like, hey, I like your backpack. That's really cool. And she just reminded me so much of my little sister. And seeing, like, where she was and where my little sister was, my heart just broke for her because I was like, whoa, like, why, why? And um, I began to talk to her. And then Ella came and joined us. And we asked her, we were like, do you know who Jesus is? And she goes, no. (laughs) So we just began to tell her about Jesus. And we were like, do you know do you know what sin is? And she was like, she was like, no. And we were like, have you ever lied or argued? And she was like, no, but my parents argued. And we were like, Jesus came to take that away from the world. And we were saying like, do you have, school was her favorite place. Her name was Ivory. And we were like, do you have friends at school? And she's like, yeah, I do. And we are like, Jesus is your friend. And by the end of it, we were like, Ivory, do you believe in God now? And she goes, yeah, I do. And like, as she was there, they were about to go back to their home and she turned around and gave me like a really big hug. And I don't know what seeds were planted there or what came of that interaction. She was only seven years old, but Ella and I, after, went to go just pray over her and pray over that interaction because a normal seven-year-old's brain would typically, like, forget about that. But, like, she's not alone. Like, she is God there, and we were just praying that God would, like, keep on reminding her, like, not let her forget about that, grow curiosity in her. And, yeah, there were so many moments, but that one was just so sweet to me, and... I could totally see God's hand in it. Let's go. Love that. Um, So I kind of have the similar answers to all of you guys. Um, I just saw God and how faithful he was to show up no matter where we were. Like, it was insane. And it's something that I know in my head. And I I pursue that in my normal life. like when I'm not on a mission trip, but being on a mission trip just like drove it into my soul. Like it just like made it stick. Um, I have a quote that like perfectly summarizes it. He was talking about how um, like when the Jesus had risen and the disciples were just fishing, they were just fishing, like something they had done billions of other hours before Jesus. And um, he, Jesus shows up and he cooks them breakfast and he says, um, the quote says, that the redeemer and ruler was showing men his interest and power in the common places. And so that was a way I saw God, like how much less common would our common places be if we knew that the ruler and the redeemer wants to show his interest and power in it. Yes. So. Preach that. Okay. Um, Next question. I want to talk about what challenged you guys on this trip because mission trips can be challenging in different ways. Sometimes they're challenging because of like the drastic difference a place is. Like sometimes you go to a place and just it's just like overt poverty that challenges you. Um, so what, what were some challenges on this trip going and just being like, wow, that was a lot harder than I thought it would be or this broke my heart or, you know what I mean? So I have two um, 
main things that challenged me, um, one of which was, like, coming back and being, like, going into my mission field. Like, this is, like, that was my mission field, but now, like, coming back, this has to be my my mission field. So the one thing that, like, God's really working in me right now is my family is my mission field. And just, like, being like, okay, God, like, just, like, last night I was, um, or the night before, I was praying, and, like, I feel like I can be very, like, oh, my family's so awful, like, oh, poor me, like, da-da-da. But, like, just to see, like, these people, like, grow up in these, like, homes, like, grow up in sex trafficking, grow up in, like, these, like, awful circumstances just gives me, like, a thankfulness for my family. But, like, also last, like, the other night, it was just, like, turning my mind back to, like, thankfulness, being, like, okay, thank you, God, that I have a family, like, that I can minister to. Thank you, God, that I'm further along in my faith so that, this, like, these people can be in my mission field. So that was, like, like thankfulness, I guess, was, like, my big, like, in different aspects of, like, I'm super lucky to, like, live in this environment, but I'm super lucky to be able to have these things so that I can minister to them. And then the second thing that I was challenged, challenged by was evangelizing. So, like, the first night that we were there, Mitch kind of just threw us, he was like, okay, guys, go go talk to some people. And so I was with Pastor Ashley and Pastor Tonry, and that can be intimidating. Like, I'm super, super close to both of them, and I was like, okay, let's let's go. And so I guess I've never, like, I've never been with, like, two people going out to, like, go talk to other people. I've always been in, a, like, a pretty gr- big group, and I've, like, either been, like, comfortable or, like, you know what I mean? But I was super, super, super uncomfortable, let me tell you. And, like, before the trip, I was, like, okay, God, I just want to, like, I want to be uncomfortable. I want to stretch my, like, comfort zone, like, and I, like, would pray that every mission trip, but I wouldn't be, like, stretched to the level that I have. And I think it was cool, like, stepping out with boldness. So, like, we talked to some people, like, um, Pastor Ashley and Pastor Tondra, I, like, initiated the first conversations and stuff. We didn't, like, they were very, like, like, what are you doing? Like, we had one guy, like, on his phone, he was, like, like that. And so it was just, like, okay, we're going to leave you alone now. He's, like, thank you. <laughs> but I got to talk to this little girl, and she was seven. I just got to talk to her just, like, about her life and, like, just, like, what her name was and, like, how old she was. And then afterwards while we were leaving, like, just, like, the simplest conversation, she just, like, waved at me and gave me, like, the biggest smile. So it was just, like, it was sweet um, to, like, go into that. And then... Later on, like, our big, our big main focus was um, evangelizing in, um, like, Cincinnati. That was, like, our, like, our big, big project, I guess, that we did. And so we, like, our first, okay, so one night we went out in two different groups. So our, our team was split in half, so we were with a huge group. And so I had really had no reason to, like, step out, like, in boldness. You know what I mean? Like, step completely out of my comfort zone because we didn't really, like, I got to talk to, like, one guy. But I didn't, like, I didn't step, I guess, in boldness with that. That was Ava who did that. But, um, so, yeah, and then the next, it was either the next, next day or the next day that we went. <laughs> I don't know. I get my days jumbled up. But um, we got to do a prayer walk, and I was with Kaylee and Tommy. So I was with two people. Um, yeah, so it was just, like, Kaylee prayed over someone, Tommy talked to someone and prayed over them. And I was, like, it's my turn, isn't it? And it was just, like, I was really, like, battling, like, this spiritual warfare in my head of, like, okay, I, I can do this, I can do this. But, like, Satan was, like, no, you can't, no, you can't. I was, like, okay. And um, 
I stepped out and I was like, okay, let's do this. And I just like, my feet started walking and I was like, I ended up with this guy. I was like, hey, are you from here? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, so what's your like favorite place to eat? Like, what do you, you know? And so we just had a conversation. He like opened up and I was like, is there anything we can like, we can pray about? And so I got to pray over him and it was just like, I, after like he got on the bus, I, I turned to Kaylee and Tommy. I was like, oh my gosh. It was just like this, like this wall that like Satan tried to build up. I was just like, like knock that down. Like, like God help me knock that down. And so like, I was able to not like pray with another like woman and stuff. So it was just like, it was just so cool. Like that challenged me to like step out of my comfort zone and like move with boldness. So, which is so cool that that's our like theme. So that's what I was challenged by. That's awesome. That's a, that's a dangerous prayer to pray. God, make me uncomfortable. Yeah, don't, don't pray that if you don't mean it, because he'll make you uncomfortable. Um, this is actually kind of a hard question for me to answer, because I think I was looking at it wrong at first. But um, I think something that really challenged me is Tegan and I were serving together in, like, the kids' class. And there was, like, three kids in there, and two of them were the pastor's kids. And so we got to kind of, like, you know, it was kind of more like a little, like, family setting than, like, a class structure. Um, and I don't know if they do this every week, but when they were going over their values, Pastor Brian's oldest son, um, Jordan, he was up there and he was like helping lead it. And, um, he just like, he had a lot of knowledge about what they were talking about and he's like nine years old. And, um, he was just like expanding on the questions. Like they were like, why do we love people? Why do we serve others? And they answer all these things in their mission statement. And he was like going on and on about it. He sounded like he was like a pastor, like preaching. And I was so challenged by that because first of all, he's nine years old. Second, he's autistic, which I found out later. And then it's just like, I don't know. He was just, he spoke with such authority and confidence. And like, I just want to be able to do that to where like I can be in a situation like that. And if someone were to ask me a question like that, I could just be like, yeah, this is why. And because God says so. And like, you know, like he just wasn't shaken by anything that like they were talking about. So, yeah. Okay. So it was like, okay, I don't know how to explain if this really challenged me, but it was so hard to Go, so we went to the Freedom Center. It's basically like um, slavery and human trafficking and all that. So it was mainly about slavery, which was so hard to see because, like, history doesn't really teach you as much as you think it does. Like, it really doesn't. And then at the very end, there's, like, this section for, like, the truth about the world and, like, child labor, human trafficking, sex trafficking, all of that stuff. And it was so hard. It was, like, it felt like it was just all thrown in your face. And at first I was like, okay, that was a lot. Then I realized, like, the world just is like, okay, that's really bad. Like, yeah, human trafficking, abduction, that's all horrible. But when you really, like, see, like, what it was talking about, it was saying, like, 400, like, if you um, are sold into human trafficking, sex trafficking, you have to sell yourself to 400 men before you can be freed. And I don't know how that goes for, like, who that goes for, but that was so hard to just see that that's real and see a city living in that. Because, like, we don't really live in it as bad as most cities do. And so Cincinnati is super, super broken in that way. And we got to go to this block home where, like, girls that are still in addiction, still going through all of that, they can go there and they get, like, a shower, clothes, warm food. And it was just so hard for me to realize, like, we are just so lucky to be here. And it was really hard for me to come back here and be like, okay, how am I going to love my city like I love those people? Because we're all broken in different ways. And it was also just hard, like, 
like, I don't know if it makes sense, but going back to, like, Cincinnati, we're in Cincinnati, and I didn't, like, the last day when we were going to the Ark, it was supposed to be kind of, like, a fun day, and I was not, like, having fun. I was, like, no, I want to be ministering to people. I want to be, like, evangelizing, and even in the airport, I was, like, why were we not evangelizing for those five hours? (laughs) But that was just so cool to see that God still moved through all of those moments, and, like, I got over one of my biggest fears of heights during the Ark encounter, and in the airport, we worshiped in public, which, like, most people don't do that, and so that was just so cool. Nobody does that. (laughs) Nobody does that. Nobody does that. And it was also cool, because I had a vision about um, someone, like, videoing us, and I was like, okay, first of all, I would never worship in public. Second of all, who would video us? That's so, like, weird, stalkery, but then it happened, and I was like, oh, wait. (laughs) So that was definitely something I was shocked by. Um, I have two, I'm going to try to make them short, but um, the first one was evangelism. Um, I have never thought of myself as someone with boldness. Like, I'm like, I have other words for me. I have other virtues, but uh, <laughs> not, boldness is for Tegan and Ella. <laughs> um, but um, on the first two times we went evangelizing, I was either in a big group or it was the second night where I got to talk with a little girl. And like, I love little kids. Like, I'm comfortable with that. But the third night, I was with Pastor Tondra and Annie, <laughs> just us. <laughs> and um, I, we were just going through the streets, praying for people in the daylight, and I kind of didn't really have a chance. Like, Pastor Tondra, I went up to this woman, and we just started talking. And then all of a sudden, he caught me off guard, and he's like, Santa, can you pray for her? I, I was not prepared. And then, <laughs> so I prayed for her. We went on, talked to more people, and... Like, I would pray for people, but I wouldn't, like, initiate conversation. And then Pastor Tondra was like, Sienna, I'm waiting for when you go up to someone by yourself and start talking to them. And I never, but the thing was, I never felt, like, um, pressured or I never felt, like, like nervous. But when he said that, I was like, no, yeah, I want to do that. Like, like, it just spurts on the enemy. Like, yes, these are people and these are lost hearts and I want to talk to them. I want to pray for them. And, like, literally the moment after that, we walked past someone and I was like, no, no, Pastor Hunter, we're going back. We're talking to this person. And so I went up and I just started talking to him and I got to pray over him. And then, like, two more people after that, I just started talking to him and praying for him by myself. And it was so, like, the more you do it, the more comfortable you get. And the passion in my heart, it was just, like, these are people, like these are hearts who need Jesus and they have no idea. And I was like, I want to talk to everybody I can, like everywhere we went, like at the Ark Encounter. I went up to Justin and I was like, Justin, can we evangelize here? And he was like, I'm pretty sure everyone here is already a believer. And I was like, well, you don't know how their relationship is. And then the other thing was um, we were going into a lot of homelessness, um, sex trafficking, all that, drug abuse, the grip hold that it has on Cincinnati is so strong. Like, it's nothing like it is here. And um, I was, like, when we first went to Blocks Conference, I was tempted to hearing all the terrible stuff. I was like, okay, I want to shut off my emotions. Like, I don't, I don't want to deal with this. Like, this is scary. Like, no. But it challenged me to, instead of, like, pushing it away, to, like, really process it and think about it and when doing that, it pushed me to pray for it, which I wouldn't have done if I hadn't, like, actually took the time to, like, consider it. And um, and then, like, when we were going into the homeless people that night, <laughs> when we were um, looking for them, 
I've grown up my, all my life, like, if you, if you see a homeless person at night, like, no, go the other way. But we were, like, looking for them. And when we, like, got to them, I felt the peace of God. Like, I was holding onto Halen's arm, and I was like, no, I want to go. Like, like I want to go over there, and I want to talk to them. Like, there's not an ounce of, like, awkwardness, nervousness, nervousness doubt, fear, any of that. So, yeah. Come on. Um, so one way I was challenged was Queen City Church. It's amazing. And Mitch. Um, love Mitch. Um, but they not only know, like, they not only know, like, what love their city needs, they know how to love them, and they act on that. Yeah. Like, I'm at midweek prayer since I'm homeschooled, um, thankfully most weeks, and I stand like right over there-ish, and um, I pray for our city a lot of weeks, but I don't know like how to love them, like what actions do I need to take to love um, this city, and even like I'm a dancer, so what do dancers need for me to love them, because I'm in that, and so just really challenged me to have like action, um, and prayer is definitely an action, but like even beyond that, um, just knowing what Oklahoma City, Edmond, Guthrie, like what they need and how to act on that. Let's go. We doing okay, New Song students? Yeah. Are we still in this? Yeah. Okay, we're definitely going to be cutting some questions, y'all. <laughs> but, because um, we got 10 minutes, we can go a little bit over. But I'm going to skip down to a different question. I want to ask you, um, coming home from this trip, what are you taking home? What lessons, what new perspectives, um, how is this trip changing you? Kind of like what you're saying, Olivia. How is it changing you to see our church, our city, your schools, et cetera? Um, so I think for me, just like seeing all this, um, like the homelessness. And so in like Mexico, I went to Mexico and like the poverty is pretty like, like everyone's pretty much at the same level. And in Cincinnati, you'll, like, be walking down the street, and you'll see, like, a gang over here. You'll see, like, homeless people over here, and you'll see, like, people watching, like walking in, like, really nice clothing, like, expensive clothing. And so I think it's just, like, almost like a wake-up call. Like, I had a wake-up call in Mexico, but, like, just, like, a wake-up call to see that um, there's people hurting. Like, there's people in homelessness. Like, there's people in poverty. There's people in, like, sex trafficking. And there was one night, um, me and Annalisa were in that big group. And we were walking down the street, and we saw this woman on the side of the road, and we, like, offered her food, and she's like, no, I'm good. And there was a man across, like, across the road, and then a car pulled up behind her. And obviously that's, a, like, a prostitution situation. And so I was just like, like, this is real. Like, you can hear about it so many times, but just, like, to experience the, um, just, like, it's it's crazy that, like, these people live in. Um and so, like, we just, like, walked away, and we started praying over her and, like, praying over her. And so just, like, the fact that um, there's hurting in the world. And, like, the second thing that I'm taking away is y'all had a big impact. Um, so the day that we were at the ARC, um, Gus actually texted um, us four girls, me, Sienna, Olivia, and um, Ella. And he was like, I, like, I don't... I just have a word for y'all, like, just press in, like, you're going to change the hearts of, like, these people, um, and it really changed my mindset, because we were, like, in a fun, like, we were, we were at the ARC, like, it was just, like, a fun, like, thing to do, but it was just, like, getting ready to, like, go on this prayer walk, and so, and then Abigail, um, when I came home, she was, like, telling me that, um, she, like, saw visions of what we were doing, and, like, 
the fact that y'all were like praying here, like at home for us is part of the reason like we got to do what we did. Like y'all, like we saw like how prayer changes things. Like even in the small things, like I prayed that our flight would get delayed and I got canceled. <laughs> so I'm just like, <laughs> it's my fault. <laughs> Cause I didn't want to go home. But just like the little things that like, even like last night I prayed that pizza would get here faster so I could go to bed. Just like the little things that y'all like, in the big things, like praying for like these huge mission trips was like, like there's spiritual warfare. So like fighting off these like things that are trying to come at us is enabling us to step out and like praying for these people's hearts that we're gonna encounter is like softening their hearts to be like for us to go plant seeds. So just like the fact that y'all were at home praying for us made such a big impact. So I'm like taking that away cause I'm not going to Mexico and I don't feel called to Mex like go to Mexico, but taking that home and be like, okay, I can be here praying for Mexico. I can be here praying for Cincinnati. I can like just taking that away. Like, you know, it's just like so cool how much y'all had a big impact in Cincinnati, like testimonies that y'all have, like, you know, so that Amen. was my takeaway. Amen. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. So my takeaway kind of ties into prayer. Well, it really ties into prayer. Um, <laughs> basically, um, I kind of pushed prayer to the side for the past few months, and I got a little bit too focused on my physical circumstances. And something that God really showed me on this trip is that, like, there's always so much more going on in the spiritual than there is in the natural. And so I was thinking, I was like, you know, like, God's just been so silent. He was like, no, like, I have not been silent. I've been speaking. Your voice has just been too loud. And so that was something that I really walked away with, like, heavy on my heart because I was like, I got so wrapped up and so distracted in the things that are going on around me that I forgot that, like, God has so much more power over them and he's already working on them. And so, yeah, that was my big thing is just, like, not being too loud or self-focused. And that ties into, like, humility because something that I say a lot, I feel like I say this all the time. So, I, I don't, anyway, anyways, um, I say if Jesus laid down his life for us, the least we can do is lay down our pride for him. And, like, that is that's humility. Like when you lay down your pride, you're taking up that humility that Jesus has already like put out there for us to be able to have. And so, yeah, just realizing that like I need to humble myself and like take every little thing like you're saying to God because like he cares about it and like he can do so much more with the little that I give him than like I could with the big that I keep. So yeah, prayer just like it's not pointless, it's powerful. Um, so the main thing I'm taking away, when I like, I've never fallen in love with a city. That sounds so cliche and weird. But I literally came back here and I was like, I don't like this city. I want to leave. I want to move. I just, I literally, and I still, like, I kind of like it, but I'm still like, I literally told our group chat, I was like, guys, we need to go on a field trip or something and, like, figure out how to like Edmond and Oklahoma State because I don't. So it was so hard to come back because I love that city so much. And I've realized, like, Queen City Church, what did they say is our city is our responsibility. And it's, like, the people you know, the people you talk to, the people you interact with, and especially people in our city. Like, um, Pastor Maddie and Mitch were talking about how the way that we treat the homeless people versus the way that Mitch and Queen City Church treats, treats the homeless people is so different. And, like, you don't realize that those people aren't, meant, like, they aren't chosen to be there. They're not like, okay, this is where you're going to be for the rest of your life. Like, God wants them to live, and God wants them to, like, be fulfilled and be thriving. And so, 
what I'm like taking away is I'm gonna go out and like at least try to love this city like I did there because I want to feel that like I didn't want to leave there and I want to be in a place where I don't want to leave here and I don't want to go anywhere else without being like okay who like how you walk past people like Lisa was talking about this in Dashold like how can you like see someone and then not tell them about Jesus it's like you like how could you do that like you're like losing a life like this is life or death and not telling them is just like heartbreaking to me now like not telling someone about Jesus is heartbreaking I'm just like I need you to know that this is my Lord and Savior whether or not you're gonna believe me and that's what I want to do like I'm just I just want everyone in the Edmond to know that. Because, like, right now I feel like everyone in Edmond knows Jesus. And they're like, yeah, Jesus. Or they're like, yeah, I go to church on Easter, obviously. But they don't, like, they're not on fire for the Lord. And I want everyone to feel what I felt from Jesus. So. Okay. Um, what I'm taking away is a new perspective of the world and of my life. Like, on this trip, my priorities shifted, like, entirely like we had one night in the hotel room and we were all talking we were like we don't care about anything that we used to care about anymore like all we want is Jesus like and we were like some of some of us were like we weren't living in like sin but like just like you know like not like fully surrendered um little stuff that is still missing the mark but we were like we just like we fully want Jesus like why does anything else matter at this point and I'm taking that with me and a passion for like the lost hearts, just like a passion for people and um, a new reliance on the Holy Spirit and an intimacy with him and with Jesus because, y'all, the Holy Spirit is so real. Yeah. Like, he is there. And if you just let him in, like, he will show up. Um, Sunday morning, we started off church service with the song The Dove, and all of us were just on our knees saying, Holy Spirit, we need you. Like, I didn't even really comprehend, like, how much I needed him. I was just like, I need you. Like, you're the Holy Spirit. <laughs> But since that moment, there has just been, like, a tangible, thick presence, like a humidity, it feels like. And, like, hearing God speak to me, like, in, like, little ways. Like, there would be mornings where I'd write something down in my journal, and then later through the day, like, it would, like, he would confirm it, and it would show up. And I'm like, whoa. Like, and it hasn't, like, since I got back from Cincinnati, it hasn't left me. Like, I'm still, like, you know. So it's just, like, such an intimacy I have now, and it's not going away. Um, so I think I left something behind in Cincinnati and that was, um, Tegan put it to me, the, the shackles of perfection. Um, I knew in my head going into it that there was going to be an aspect of like physical, like pushing through, like, I'm going to be tired. I'm going to be annoyed at Sienna probably and stuff like that. <laughs> I love you so much. Um, and, but I did not really process how much spiritual warfare I was going to go through. And I, it was so hard, the first maybe 48 hours of just like pushing through. And I just felt this condemnation. I felt like I couldn't, couldn't minister to people because I just felt so broken inside and I felt empty. And um, I was bowing to a God of perfection and not love. And I was trying to earn his grace and not glory in it and not rejoice in it. And so um, there was one night where Ava came into our room, like Holy Spirit basically just told her to come into our room and start talking to us. And um, it wasn't even something specifically like what I was dealing with, but he just, the Lord just broke my 
my spirit in that moment. And I was trying to keep it in. I was trying to push through. I didn't need, I was here to minister to people. I didn't need to be ministered to. And um, I just start bawling on the hotel room bed. And um, it was really cool because I, yeah, all my friends, they all laid hands on me, prayed over me. And there was definitely like a release. And I still had to like push through a little bit. Um, obviously there were moments, but I definitely think I left behind some chains and some shackles of perfection. And I'm taking with me a strength that I didn't have before spiritually um, to push through. And I've also brought with me a burden to write it down. Like, guys, write what the Lord says to you down. Come on. Um, as I was coming, I came home and there was a week or something where I like didn't have a journal and I loved to write stuff down. And um, so I had written in the back of my being transformed journal, like some prayers, um, what I was getting from the word. And I kid you not, I was reading through them randomly, like not even for a purpose. And they, there were two or three things that were word for word answered by what people said to me in Cincinnati. Like Kaylee said that the Lord delights in me. And one of the things I had written down was like, Lord, I want to be your delight. And then she said that to me. And it was so cool to connect the dots and see like, write it down. Because it just proves the Lord's faithfulness. Amen. Oh, also, something, well, I forgot to say this. But something we're all taking away from this is a family. Like, I've seen so many relationships that people have had on this trip that are broken. That have been like, healed on this trip. And we all just, it's just one big happy family. So. <laughs> okay, last question. I want to invite the band to come up because we're going to have to shotgun this one. Um, but what would you say to somebody here and New Song students considering a mission trip? Well, I can do this super quick. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, like, okay, so God is not going to call you um, to something that he doesn't want to call you to. Um, so, like, just be very in tune to the Holy Spirit. Because I've been on every single mission trip, and God has not called me to Mexico. He's called me to Mexico in a different way. But just, like, being in tune to the Holy Spirit. And, it, like, if you go on a mission trip, like, you're going to be, like, built up. Like, you're going to see, like, like testimonies how I've changed, how, like, Olivia was saying, like, how she changed. But you're also going to be ministering to people and showing, like, these people, like, who Jesus really is, like, like this, like, man who died for you and, like, so that you could live for him. And so I just think it's, like, um, you can build people up and you're building yourself up with, like, God's glory in the middle of all that. So I agree with what Tegan said about, like, you can be ministered to on the trip. But if you're, like, trying to consider whether or not to go, my biggest advice to you is it's not about you. Um, God can do immeasurably more with the little that you give him and the yes that you give him than anything else. And so, like, we are called to go and make disciples. So that doesn't mean, like, oh, except for you, you don't have to do it. Or, like, you know, you can just do it in your school. You don't necessarily have to go anywhere else. Like, no. God has called each and every one of you to go out and make disciples and tell other people about Jesus. And just kind of like what we were talking about earlier, like if you know Jesus and you don't tell somebody about it, like that shows a lack of love for that person because you know eternity and the difference between life and death. And if you choose not to tell that to somebody, then you're basically saying like, I don't care about you. And so, yeah, that's my advice is like, it's not about you. Just give God your yes, whether it's like giving, helping somebody else go or going yourself, just say yes in some way and God will multiply it. 
Okay, so if you're like not wanting to go on a mission trip for the reason that you don't think you can evangelize or you don't think you can pray out loud or you don't think you can speak to people. Like Tegan went to NOLA not speaking to anyone. She had her mom speak for her. Sienna went on this trip not thinking she could evangelize or pray out loud. Ava went on this trip going, um, I don't think I can pray out loud like very well. She's the best prayer like out louder. I don't know how to explain it, but like she just is so good at it now. And like God is going to work in your gifts when you're on a mission trip. And it's not just something you can do sitting in your bedroom. Like you have to go out and you have to like trust God that this isn't just like something that you aren't called to. Because the, like what's that? I don't know. I don't know the verse, but it says go into all the world and preach the good news. He's not saying um, only if I call you. He's saying I've already called you because it's in the word that I wrote like a bunch of years ago. So yeah. A bunch. Okay. This is the first half to the answer, but um, keeping it short. So First um, Peter 4.10 says that each of you should use whatever gifts you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. And what stood out to me is that serving others is a response to God's grace. Like God's grace is so just indescribable. And I, like every day I wake up and I'm like, God, can you help me even begin to comprehend like how big your grace is? But we have the privilege to respond to it and to bring something of worth to God, which is serving others. And then, yeah, that's the first half, but yeah, it's a response to grace. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, I would say to read when Jesus died and was hanging on the cross, um, two really rich men named Joseph and Nicodemus came and they took his bloody corpse off the cross and they cleaned it and they washed it and they they pulled the thorns out and they wrapped it and they buried it and I think it's such a beautiful picture of when you see Jesus's love for you how he humbled himself down to um like this this um he made himself like like a criminal to all the world so that he could have relationship with you and so that he could serve you. Like, how could you not? Like, it just follows so naturally to give everything to him and to lift him high and to humble yourself for him. Um, yeah, so. Let's go. New Song students, are you encouraged tonight? Man. Thank you guys for going on this trip. Thank you for being bold taking the vision of this house and this student ministry, which is with boldness, which is a very uncomfortable vision, and taking that to Cincinnati and being bold, being led by the Holy Spirit. I am leaving tonight encouraged, wanting the Holy Spirit to use me and to see Edmund, just like you guys saw Cincy. Edmund is our mission field, right? And so I hope you're leaving with that, that nugget. Like everything that you heard them do there, God wants to do here. Why, why can't he do that here? Why can't he do that here? He can, and he's just waiting for us to, to be willing. So, hey, New Song students, can we just make some noise for them as they head back to their seats? Get, show them some love.